Yes. Um, uh, yes, Chair. My name is Mindy Cuppy, City Clerk. So um, before you is an update to the Sacramento Ethics Commission procedures. As you know, um, the commission worked diligently to update these procedures over the past year. And since we've had um, three complaints now and been able to walk through those processes, um, there's only a few updates that were recommended by staff. Um, I did consult with the city attorney's office, our independent evaluator, um, and then some notes that I had taken um, to improve the process. And really the main, um, main updates or are how to deal with an anonymous complaint. And then also, um, if a complaint comes in against the city clerk, how that would that be handled? So the red line version is in your staff report. Okay, so I have a question about this, which is, it says if an anonymous complaint in um, 5.1A3A, it says if an anonymous, anonymous complaint is filed with the city clerk, the complainant must either authorize the agency to divulge the complainant's identity. Um, or, where's the or? Or authorize the referring agency to confirm. But if the complainant has filed this anonymously, how can we even do that? So I will ask our city attorney to weigh in on the language with this, but um, we would not be able to. Uh, to right now, your your process and procedure um, denies any anonymous complaint, um, and as we saw with one of our complainants, um, it's difficult to get more information um, if we don't know um, mm. the identity of the complainant. Okay. Okay. Gary Lindsay with the city attorney's office. That's an attempt to address the situation of, for instance, referrals from other agencies. We, for instance, have had an anonymous referral where the complainant was originally to the city auditor anonymously, and there was a referral from the city auditor's office to the ethics commission. In that case, for instance, by statute, it's required that uh, a complainant to a city auditor be remain anonymous unless the person who is the complainant authorizes the city auditor to release that information. I know that this this is a situation of so far historically, or I wasn't involved in the original procedures. It seems to be that for the most part, it's set up with the procedures for the ethics commission for the complainant to be known. Um, uh, to the extent that this current ethics commission, how they want to handle that situation, um, do they want complainants to be known? in light of the past three or so cases that we've had? Are there situations where still they want anonymity, but other situations not, that sort of thing? Don't, just because these procedures are, have been presented to staff as such does not mean that the Ethics Commission has to accept them in any way. Um, the Ethics Commission can move to amend and uh, change the uh, procedures to the way that the majority of the Ethics Commission feels would best work. But this is a particular situation of when you have an anonymous complaint that comes through to an agency that's not the ethics commission and then that agency refers the complaint to the ethics commission subsequently believing that the complaint is in the purview of the ethics commission okay um commissioner gomez so if they come through it's just if they're referred through another agency, if they come through the regular regular process, then we still allow them to like remain anonymous. It's it's presently it's not anonymous unless it's a um let me not speak out of turn, but it's whether it's a situation where it's an employer or supervisor is the complaint of complaint about party by the complainant. So you try to prevent retaliation. I'm sorry, I didn't quite, so. So, so the, the default is no anonymity. Presently in the procedures, it provides for employment situations, say for instance, supervisors, that if you're complaining about someone in the city and you as the complainant are um, supervised by that person, that you can remain anonymous, um, presumably to avoid situations of potential retaliation. So the complaint that came in from the residents of East Sacramento, 
that's the one that came in through another agency? Well, we actually had two. That's an interesting situation. So we had one that came directly through the city auditor. Um, I'm forgetting the actual one about um, almost forget. We had one that came through the city auditor. The one with the resident of East Sac actually was a complaint made uh, to the city auditor, to the ethics commission, and I believe one other board simultaneously via email. Okay. That was yeah. anonymous. I guess my only comment is like making the an already complicated process more complicated for the public is generally even even if it's trying to streamline it on our, on our end um i i think that it's already pretty complicated for the public so i wouldn't want to add any additional barriers um to that and some people are not going to want to identify themselves commissioner adams I will say I agree with Ben, and I will just add, regardless of the pathway in which a, a complaint comes into us, I would be concerned about the chilling effect if we did require people to divulge their names. You know, it's obvious, you know, if it's uh, an, employee, an employee making a complaint about the employer, but there could also be chilling effects if it's a member of the public who has a, a valid complaint um, but may not want to be identified for one reason or another. So I, I would say, you know, just looking at this, I would rather revise the, the policies so that it errs on the side of allowing anonymity and encouraging um, uh, the person's name if they if they decide to disclose. Commissioner Velasquez. Uh, do we have a, a couple of things is if we were to revise these policies um, from the time we started talking about from the time you read 3A um, that that, that paragraph that stays the same, number three, it's taken me that full five minutes to even understand what what that's saying. Um, and I, I um, and I realize for consistency, um, and this is a lot of you know legal jargon, but I, the public has access to this the, these right these um, bylaws and and procedures. Yes, yeah, the yeah. commissioner on the ethics. Okay. In the in the future, it, you know, if we are going to update this, or if we're not, but in the future, is there a reason why we don't say um, that the second part of number three, and the complainant complainant confirms their eligibility for anonymity to the city clerk? Is there a reason why we we continue to use complaint and complaint? I I just. It was very confusing for me. So I just, just a side note, um, it, because it, 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 like I said, it took me this whole time to figure out, oh, they're talking about the same person. Um, and then the other is if we are going to rather err on the side of caution as far as um, wanting um, to know who the complainant is, is there... Is there something to encourage people? Do we put a statement out there? Is there like an auto response or is there a blurb um, where they can, where they pull um, when they go to submit? Is there a section that says uh, your confidentiality is of utmost importance? Please know that the more um, thorough the review or, or investigation is, the more uh, it depends, is based upon how much um, information you provide, you know, that sort of thing, just to remind people that, yes, you do want to be anonymous, but that also are, the result also greatly depends on details and, and knowing, you know, where to go through for the complaint. So um, if I may answer that question, our current procedures do not allow a complaint. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I think city attorney Lindsay was saying we should each perhaps um review it and come back with and at the next meeting okay. discuss changes that we wanted to make and okay and chair if i may um when we initially did the process and procedure documents we did look into what other jurisdictions were doing and um some words of wisdom from other jurisdictions that allowed anonymous complaints and then did not um and so there mm -hmm. there was a i thought robust discussion about that and i can um, pull up some of that research 
Yeah, I thought we had a discussion about it before. So that would be great if you could pull that. <laughs> I have a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I thought Commissioner Adams had her hand up again, but now it's down. I, I did, and I was just thinking, it, it, I didn't want to get away of conversation because I like the way the conversation's going, but just as far as what is on the, um, the agenda, I would say I would not want to pass a motion to accept and wait until we review. So that was all that I wanted to chime in. Yeah, no, I don't think we can pass a motion to accept it because we have too many changes that we're considering. But is, so is there anything else right now on this um, section five within the procedures or should we hear what Commissioner Ng has to say about other sections? Nobody's hand is up, so go ahead, Commissioner Ng. Well, just a couple, of, thank you. Just a, just a couple of uh, clarification, section four the same page, uh, just above section five um, is the 4.4 E. 4.4? E, the big letter. Okay, be like boy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to, you know, clarify on this particular, you know, paragraph. Um, you know, I read it a couple of times. Um, I was you know, when it comes to confidential materials, none of us have any confidential material. So isn't that if we get a call or, or from somewhere requesting uh, confidential materials, we have to direct the call to you or the city attorney, right? So, I mean, this sentence, when, it, when I read it, it sounds like we can all disclose once we notify the city clerk. I mean, it just sounds like to me. And I'm just not sure what confidential materials we would have because everything we do is yeah. an open meeting. <laughs> this so is, I I'm I just asking, yeah. If, I'm I, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. I don't believe you, any of you have ever received, at least to my knowledge, over the course received any confidential materials. But for instance, that might not be the case for, for instance, the city clerk or the evaluator in the evaluator's process of um, developing evaluator's report and so on. I think this is a catch-all um, that in case, this is in case the commissioners were to um, have confidential material, how to handle it. But I think in practicalities, what we've seen so far at this point, only the clerks, the clerk and maybe the evaluator, maybe myself would be in possession of, say for instance, if, um, uh, I guess it would be uh, social security numbers, for instance, to verify an identity or maybe the independent, I don't know if the independent evaluator has, has been privy to such information. I think maybe the independent, Evaluator, for instance, was shown, I think in one of our more recent cases, um, a, someone's uh, check, for instance, that might have a routing number, that sort of thing, that you might ultimately not be privy to at the hearing, but still staff, at least, um, during the process of dealing with the complaint, has become privy to. So that's what that section is trying to cover. Yes, and it, and you may never, as a commissioner, and it so far it doesn't seem like likely will, you're being in position possession of confidential information. You're holding public hearings. It's you're going off of what's based on the agenda. On the agenda, we haven't had any you know, closed sessions or sealed documents, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. At least not so far. So. And it's not our responsibility, none of our responsibility to, to disclose the material. It should be the city clerk. Clerk, yes. Should we, more, uh, should we clarify that part? Okay. 
Oh, I guess I see what you're saying. You're thinking maybe instead. Um, yeah, what it says. Like, oh, go ahead. Is that we just would have to notify the city clerk and then we could disclose it is what the language seems to be saying. Yeah. I, I would say that it doesn't go far to say disclosure. It just asks for that the city clerk be notified because when the way, at least the way I read this, for instance, trying to do with a subpoena, court order, that kind of thing. If you notify the city clerk, then the city attorney's office might be brought in, for instance, to file, for instance, with a motion to a subpoena, a motion to quash potentially. But, but the city wouldn't know to do that through the city attorney's office until the city's been informed that there's a subpoena out there. Or public, some kind of public records act request and the potential for the city, have the city attorney's office go to um, court to challenge the request. But we'd first need to know, for instance, if somebody's made that kind of request of the commissioner. So it doesn't mean, oh, you just tell the city clerk that you've gotten this subpoena and then you blithely turn around and hand over the materials. You tell the city clerk and then you wait to find out what to do next. Well, you would tell the city, well, you would, it's, well, technically you can, you would notify the city clerk and then the city would have to choose to try to fight, for instance, the subpoena or court order, which may or may not happen. As a practical right. matter, the city would need to keep you in the loop as the process, for instance, is the city gonna file, not gonna file, the city has filed, this is the current status, that sort of thing. Just, well, I just wonder if we could say, hmm? go ahead, I'm sorry. I say so long we are clear what, what this means. I'm, I'm okay. This is a language that we have to accept it. Do you think that we should change the language to make it more clear? I, I, I would because, I mean, you know, it's just my personal opinion because right there in the last sentence, before disclosing the confidential materials, it's like, well, you know, I mean, those words before the validator, commissioner, or member shall notify the city before disclosing. It's like, are we going to disclose it? We know that we're not. But as the city attorney said, that is the same as a public record act. Commissioner so. Velasquez. Um, I read it as, let's say, we have one of our um, meetings, just, I don't know what we call it. We have our committee meeting. It's not a, a, pub, uh, a public meeting. Um, and um, there's a subpoena for, let's say the subpoena for me, the FBI has a subpoena. You, uh, one of you gets it because I'm involved in this meeting. And they want to know for whatever reason um, what I'm involved in. And uh, they subpoena you. Um, how I see it is, your, your name is on that subpoena. Um, how I read it is you would contact the city clerk to let them know you got the subpoena. And then it's, it's, it depends as far as who's relinquishing those confidential or non-public items or documents um, between the peanuts, person that's been subpoenaed because that's the person that needs to respond as far as I know legally, right? They're required to respond um, unless it's been agreed upon that the city clerk um, or someone else can respond for them. Is that about right? That's a, that's a one scenario that could come up. Another could be, for instance, uh, mem legal memos to the commission that um, are for the public that are privileged, privileged, uh, privileged attorney that communication, attorney work product, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So it would still be the, it could be us responding depending on how that goes. If, if we're subpoenaed, our name is on that, we need to respond. Or if it's been agreed upon, then the then the city clerk can respond, right? Well, 
the city clerk being notified gives the opportunity to try to figure all that out. Okay. Does that make sense? As far so as I guess, so I guess what I why what I guess yeah what I guess what I'm trying to say is it sounds like um, um, commissioner in is as is asking whether we would be responsible for responding at any point in time and I think the answer is yes not always but it's possible correct okay. it's theoretically possible okay. So is there any more on that? Do we, do we, is that an, is that a paragraph we need to look at when we're doing our revisions? Yes, Chair, that might be one um, that Commissioner Ng might want to give some direction. Um, one thought I had was the very last sentence in section B is, um, uh, shall notify the city clerk and wait for direction before disclosing the confidential materials. That might um, clarify that uh, it's not just an email to the city clerk saying, I got a subpoena and, and I'm going to disclose these, this information. Um, yeah. Somebody, I can, yeah. I, we don't want to do a guessing job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, that seems like That's a good direction. A good amendment to me. Yeah. Commissioner Adams. Mm -hmm. I just want to say I think this conversation is a good example of why we should all go through the procedures again and you know try to see what can be something that will be you know should be changed so it's easier to follow and just noting like whenever I was reading it like I immediately came to mind you know along the lines of the examples that um, Commissioner Velasquez and Attorney Lindsay mentioned but you know for people who don't necessarily know the processes whether legally or through other type of review policies they may not know that so I, I think it was a good example of why we should thoroughly go through all of the policies and see how we can improve how we are communicating the processes and policies that we are setting forth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly. Commissioner Gomez. Yeah, I'm just wondering in terms of how that works since we can't have like a meet, can we work on it then send all of our work to Mindy who can, or somebody who can compile it together and we'll have like different areas that are just purely administrative versus discussion points for a subsequent meeting just to use our time effectively today. That seems good to me. Is that okay with you, Mindy? Yes, commissioners can communicate with me um, only, and then I can compile any um, comments and questions. And if there are two different viewpoints, I can present that to you guys at your next meeting. Great. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, yeah can I, I, I don't know what this, whatever, but like, <laughs> I don't use the right words in these meetings, but <laughs> can we can we then do that and not uh, go line by line on, on any edits and be able to like have that discussion when Mindy is able to compile all of our feedback together? Yes, I think we can yeah, do that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we're done with item four now, but um, is there any, um, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, Chair. Madam yes, Chair, I have two members of the public. Um, and then once we do members of the public, if you wanted to make a motion to continue the item, we can. So um, first speaker is Nick H. Hi, uh, thank you, uh, Clerk Copy and uh, members. Can you guys hear me? We can. Yes. Okay. We can't see you, but we can hear you. Oh, great. This is my first time doing this. So this is uh, Nicholas Heidorn. I'm with the Sacramento Policy Analysis Network. We're an unincorporated association of Sacramento residents just committed to promoting good governance reform. Um, I want to say this was really an, an excellent discussion uh, by all the commissioners. Uh, really support the suggestion by Attorney Lindsay and Commissioner Adams to agendize this and, and continue it at the next meeting to dig into your procedures, revisit them and, and potentially amend them. You know, in the discussion earlier uh, regarding Maviglio's comments, he had the process-based comments as well. And I think what you might be able to do is roll in at least the process elements of his comments into your discussion with the larger council procedures. Um, I want to weigh in on just a few items that uh, hopefully you can consider at your, your next meeting. 
first, the discussion on the anonymous complaints, I, I would really echo what some of the commissioners have said. I think you need to permit anonymous complaints or it could send a real chilling effect of people being able to put forward uh, some of the violations that they may observe. The current exception for only allowing anonymous complaints if it's a supervisor is far too narrow. You can easily imagine people who, for example, uh, don't work for a council member, but see a council member doing something wrong, but work for the city who may be chilled from coming forward, someone who might have a permit before the city or a variance that might come up from the city, or just someone who's afraid of people in authority and so wouldn't want to put their name to something. So I do think that is a serious chilling effect that should be considered. Um, a few other quick items. Uh, actually, you know what? Just one additional one. I do think in the current proposal, the addressing of complaints regarding the city clerk, I thought that was really elegantly done. This uh, avoids the appearance or the possibility of a conflict of interest. So I thought that was a good addition as well. And I'll save other uh, comments for when this item is hopefully brought back. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Barry Boyd. Thank you, Clerk. Uh, I do have a, a comment in regards to discussion item five. And if the clerk's office or the attorney's office uh, would instruct me or uh, give me direction if I'm misstating this now and hold it for uh, items not on the agenda. Yes, Mr. Boyd, we're still, Mr. Boyd, we're on item four. Right. Uh, um, okay, you'll, you'll hear my statement, then you'll be able to, to give direction one way or the other. Um, it's in relation to discussion item five. Um, I'm sorry, the, uh, um, um, to the uh, chair's statement in regards to will we, the, uh, will we, i.e. the uh, Ethics Commission, um, have the ability and authority to change the manner or procedure, i.e. An, an anonymous complaint filer. Um, to that, I'm, I'm addressing in tomorrow's um, PP&E meeting, the Personnel and Public Employees Committee meeting, there is, uh, is tomorrow's meeting is discussion for item five, that's where I got that from, um, are going to discuss adding new um, procedures and uh, codes, specifically amending chapter 2.40, where under article three meetings and uh, meetings of boards and commissions, number 2.40.160 standing and ad hoc committee committees the city boards and commissioners may not establish standing committees or ad hoc committees um bringing that forward because i'm not clear on how um, the agenda item is written if this is already a code or this is going to be added if passed by the city council meaning to which the chair stated that there won't be an opportunity to have a committee or ad hoc committee for any board or commission. So um, if clarity could be given for me and anyone who else may be asking the same thing by uh, either the clerk's office or the uh, city attorney's office, I would be appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Um, chair, I have no more speakers on this item. Um, Mr. Boyd, um, you're referring to an item on the P and PE agenda for tomorrow. And if you want to reach out to me, we can talk about that offline. Chair, I have no more speakers. Okay. Um, that was very confusing to me. So I may want to talk to you about it offline too. Oh, good. I was the only one. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Boyd is referring to an item on uh, um, an agenda tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So we'll find out about it after tomorrow, I guess. Okay. So there are no more speakers on this item. And I think we've decided that we're not going to vote. Um, Commissioner Underwood, uh, just a quick yes. comment. Uh, does, commission, does the public, uh, Mr. Boyd, know how to contact you, Mindy? Yes, he does. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so we're putting this item over for next month's agenda. And in the interim, we will all 
all five commissioners will review the procedures and um, make notes of any changes they want to make and submit those to Mindy and Mindy will get them back to us and we'll discuss it at the next meeting. Mm -hmm. Chair, would you mind making a motion um, continuing the item to a future meeting? Oh, I would be happy to. Um, should I make the motion? Or someone else can. Uh, anyone can. Usually, make that chairs don't make motions. I don't think. But would would someone like to make a motion continuing this to the next meeting? I'll I'll make the motion. Okay, Commissioner Ng. Yeah, I'll make the motion to continue the discussions on the um, on the procedures page on the uh, policy and procedures for the. Okay. Commissioner Velasquez. I'm sorry. So just to, to clarify, on the next meeting that we're going for, we would we would already have reviewed and submitted our suggestions to Mindy, which then she will collect. Correct. That's the hope. I'm sorry, yeah. Mindy, uh, Clerk Cuppy. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. thank you, Commissioner. Um, the intent is to continue this item to a future meeting to have commissioners forward comments to me, which I will compile and then put them at the next available meeting. So okay. um, based okay. on when I get responses, then it would be queued up for the following meeting. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay, Commissioner Yang. Yeah, Mindy, is there a deadline that we can send you a comment? Um, typically, I start working on a staff report 20 days prior to every meeting. So if you got them to me next week, it would be at the following meeting. If it was after that, it would probably be the following meeting. So Thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a big document, so I would encourage you to take your time reviewing it um, and get comments back. I will follow up if I'm not hearing from a commissioner. Okay, so we've got Commissioner Ng's motion. Um, yes, we who said that? Velasquez. Okay. All right. So we've got a motion and a second. Will the clerk please call the roll? Thank you. Commissioner Adams? Yes. Commissioner Gomez? Yes. Commissioner Velasquez? Yes. Vice Chair Ng? Yes. And Chair Underwood? Yes. That motion passes. All right. Okay. The next item is item five. Discussion regarding review of the lobbyist registration and reporting code. Is there a staff presentation on this? This was a commissioner driven discussion. Um, I believe, Chair, you asked that it be put on a future meeting um, for discussion. Oh, okay. I did. Um, commissioner Gomez. Yeah, so um, Commissioner Ng and I had initially. Um, uh, kind of uh, decided to work with the League of Women Voters to develop like a ad hoc um, subcommittee that was going to meet for a limited term, uh, was trying to have like total of one to two meetings to develop a set of recommendations around what they had already done a lot of work on. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to pull in experts in this area. Um, and on, I emailed one of the Blair who sent me our discussion item from February 28th meeting, which has their letter from the League of Women Voters um, outlining the recommendations that they had. And so, you know, to not reinvent the wheel here, I think that um, it's sort of resurrecting that um, vision <laughs> of uh, us uh, serving as a group to bring in folks that know a lot more about this type of thing and then um, pulling together a summary or a set of recommendations on any um, on to, to the city council or I don't know what recommended actions we are able to have as a group. So maybe that that would be helpful to know, like, would it be a set of recommendations to the city council? Would it be um, part of our regular reporting? Well, that's great because I was planning to say that we needed to create an ad hoc committee and I was going to ask for volunteers tonight, but it sounds like the two of you have already 
started this process, Commissioner well, Gomes? It started yeah. and then it stopped because the yeah. COVID kind of got wild and I got yeah. pulled into COVID response. Um, so we uh, uh, put that down. And then when I indicated I was ready to start back up, it wasn't good timing for Commissioner Ng. Um, and so we're circling back. I think this round round three. <laughs> well, I know I know the League of Women Voters women are very eager to meet with you and and work with the committee. Mm. So um, th I think they could be really valuable to you. And then you can bring a report back whenever you're ready to the commission, which would consist. I mean, we don't have the power to do anything. Um, about the lobbyists, lobbying ordinance. It's the city council that does. So we would be making a recommendation to the city council mm -hmm. that we think they should change the ordinance in, you know, X, Y, and Z ways. And then it would be up to them. So you as the ad hoc committee would come back to the commission and say, in that these were your recommendations, then we would vote on that. And if we approved it, then that would go to the city council. Okay. Yeah. I'm comfortable with like co-chairing a limited term and, uh, you know, they've already done a lot of work on this. So just bringing those folks together and then bringing it back to this group. If there's anyone who is interested in, I think it can only be two people, right? Because right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if the two of you are, are wanting to do it, that's fabulous. Well, well I don't know. Commissioner Ng, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, you know, I'll be I'll be happy to help. Um, you know well with limited time too, uh, but I'll be happy to help and I'll be happy to uh, connect with you know the League of Women's Voters, you know, I'll be happy to connect with them and, and schedule a meeting as quickly as possible. As the chair said, that they're very, they're very anxious <laughs> to get this done, so uh, we'll do it as quickly as we can. Okay, so I can uh, connect with you, Commissioner Gomez, you know, offline, and then we'll see our, our Availability. Sounds good. All right. Great. Okay. Does any anybody else, any other commissioners, want to say anything on this topic? No. Okay. Um, are there any um, members of the public who want to speak on this? Yes, Chair. I have one hand raised to make comment on this. Um, Nick H. Hi, commissioners. This is Nicholas Heidorn again. Um, having worked uh, with League of Women Voters uh, on this issue, just very grateful that hopefully you guys will take a look. I think it's a very timely uh, and important issue and uh, that the commission's attention on it could really be productive and uh, look forward to hopefully getting to work with the uh, ad hoc committee on it. Thank you. Great, thank you. All right, so this item there's nothing to vote on. Um, so unless anybody else has anything they want to say, we can move on to the next item. Um, so just wondering, we have the contact information for League of Women Voters, but um, I can't remember if Nick was a part of that at all, but he just mentioned that he was interested in joining the ad hoc. So what's a way to um, uh, like, get his contact information, Mindy, is there an appropriate way to do that or? Yes, Commissioner, I can get Mr. Heidorn's contact information to you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Great. Nick was, uh, Nick was the, one of the original um, you know, collaborator in this. Right. So yeah, we'll get him in. Okay. Um. So there, there are two more items on the agenda, commission comments and public comments. And I, I'm gonna switch the order and take public comments first. 
on matters not on the agenda. Um, and we've received a letter on this too that just came in today as far as I can tell. Yeah. Mr. Chair, I have two hands raised to make public comment for matters not on the agenda. The first is Barry Boyd. Thank you there, uh, Mindy. Um, I just want to be clear for this um, commission, and Mindy, I will reach out to you tomorrow uh, as requested to speak of um, the, the item that I had brought up earlier. But uh, just for clarity for this commission, you would want to read the information for tomorrow's PP&E meeting uh, discussion item five. Um, as I'm reading it and understanding it, the um, post um, code would eliminate city boards and commissions from establishing committees and ad hoc committees. So you may not want to wait until after tomorrow to find out um, what is going on with this item. Again, I will discuss, uh, uh, call Mindy tomorrow and for clarity to make sure if as it's written again, um, not allowing boards and commissions to establish committees or ad hoc committees is in fact what is being proposed by PP&E or if I'm misunderstanding what I'm reading. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Paula Lee. Can you hear me now? We can. Okay, thank you. Um, first, I'll just comment on, on Mr. Boyd's uh, uh, um, comments first. I just wanted <clears throat> to ask Mindy if she would be able to uh, send our, our um, letter that we sent to PP&E to these commission members, on the ethics commission members, because we have concerns about the very same, same issue. And we outlined it in a letter. Would that be okay, Mindy? So that will be posted to the PP&E um, agenda as correspondence. Okay, so commissioners, you can go to that mm -hmm. uh, item and, and uh, see what our concerns are uh, along with Mr. Boyd's probably. Um, <clears throat> so I just, my comment is actually though about uh, the item that's not on the agenda, but the letter that you did receive from us late today because at the April 19th meeting, the city council requested that the ethics commission um, provide input on potential changes to the city charter concerning redistricting. So as an organization that advocated for the independent commission and along with Nicholas Hydorn together, um, we've given some thought to this and we've provided you some recommendations for these charter changes uh, in the letter we sent. Primarily, the council was looking for recommendations to resolve a conflict between the state law and the longstanding city practice as to when newly uh, uh, adopted districts maps take effect. So we just wanted to send this letter to you now. We know you can't act, but so that you would have it in advance and have a chance to consider these recommendations before your next meeting. And I would add uh, regarding the lobbying ordinance. Thank you for your um, comments. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? Regarding the lobbying ordinance, Nicholas uh, Hydorn uh, will, will be joining us in that meeting. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers. Okay. Um, do any commissioners want to say anything about this? Commissioner Adams. Just going back to what we were talking about um, during the consent calendar, if we can agendize for a meeting. I know we have a few things of um, importance that we had discussed earlier to raise in um, the next meeting, but in a future meeting, can we um, address the the email that was, or the comment that was sent? I mean, I would just add to um, what was stated in that email that I too, you know, 
would like to revisit how we, what role the Ethics Commission may have in, in helping the um, city come up with a way to ensure that um, whatever guidance regarding social media branding and all that other, you know, stuff that goes into public perceptions of, of folks who fall under our jurisdiction with regards to complaints, um, how we may be able to work with the city in helping to develop guidance. And again, coming from the perspective of um, creating a process and creating guidelines that ensure that the public is not being misled and that they're up and that the public has trust in, in how elected officials are sort of acting within their personal capacity as well as in their elected capacity. So um, I know there's commissioners who have not yet read, um, read that. So just giving us some time so we can thoroughly go through and, and see what we can do um, on the topics that were mentioned in that um, comment. So are, are you saying that in relation to um this memo that came from the League of Women Voters and Sacramento Policy Analysis Network. I am not speaking to that. I'm, I'm talking okay. about, um, I forget the gentleman's name, um, starts with the last name starts with an M, I believe. Um, I, I had closed it already, um, but to the comment about um, uh, with regards to the complaint that we heard during the hearing. So I wasn't speaking to the oh. public complaint. I was oh, Mavigliano. Yeah. You're thinking of, yeah. So that's an issue that. We, I agree we should take up. And then there's also this other one about the redistricting commission, right. um, which I was not even aware that the city council was requesting our input. Um, I, did we, was that brought to us at the last meeting? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So that was news to me when I read that today, but apparently the city council wants our input. So, that on about redistricting. So we that should go on our next agenda as well. So and Chair, if I made um, I, one of the council members made the recommendation that the commission might give feedback on any upcoming changes to the redistricting ordinance um, and council is still discussing that. Oh, so it hasn't come to us yet. That's correct. Oh, okay. Commissioner Gomez. Um, so the I'm reading through Mr. Maviglio's note and it seems like most of it has to do with what we're going to review on the process policy um and uh sorry I'm getting some background okay um is is going to be what the homework we're asked to do if we can also look at Mr. Maviglio's email when we're doing that homework I think that'll be good but there is the point to Commissioner Adams around future guidelines for political official business that is outside of kind of what our homework is associated with. And so just to make sure I'm clear, was that the, the future guidelines for political official business, which has to do with like the branding piece, et cetera, is that that specific item is what you're hoping to pull out Commissioner Adams and discuss at a future meeting? Yes, and, I, and we did discuss it a bit more during our last meeting. So just how, you know, if there's any guidance that um, the commission can come up with in that regard, um, as far as timing, and I know that we do have the homework um, for, for next time. So I'm not sure if it's something that we would want to add, you know, another thing to our plate. So, um, and, you know, sort of take away, I know we are all have limited time. So I don't know if this would be something that we would want to um, address maybe in, you know, later this year. Um, but I do think it's something of importance um, to, to sort of see where we can um, maybe help provide some guidelines or parameters to help um, with a more clear and transparent process in the future. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Velasquez. I'm not sure with that one, um, when it came to the, um, the campaigning, uh, if, or is there some way we refer certain things that come up um, that we handle, but also, um, overlaps other areas. I know when we had brought that, uh, when that came up, um, that I mentioned in the interviews for the vacant uh, commissioner seats that uh, the, uh, the council was working on provide updating their training for uh, executive level staff on the do's and don'ts and, and whatnot. Um, and so when we think about that, going in um, and having this discussion, uh, maybe that's something to consider because it, it's not just an ethics commission um, board. It would be, you know, something that would need to be a part of all of the 
training or the handbooks for the executive level um, or anybody working on that kind of level with the city. If that makes any sense. Commissioner Gomez. Well, was that a question to the city clerk around uh, what they're going to be doing to follow up on that or Commissioner Velasco? Uh, well, yeah, I wasn't sure is how do we because I think that's something that should be included on a handbook or a procedure, maybe not our own. Um, it, maybe it, do they when these executives come in or whoever these officials are, do they get a, a handbook for their own executive level and then they also get an ethics handbook or they get like what is how how do they come across our information? So I can answer that question. So as a new city council member, they do receive an orientation um, with my staff and others um, on the processes that they need to follow. Um, for instance, um, council members, we talk about social media, we talk about Facebook, we talk about how to make sure that their political um, Facebook or social media or other venues are separate from their city and separate from their personal. So we do have an orientation program that we put them through. We also talk to um, their executive staff, so chief of staff to a council member and let them know it's a little bit of a difference in orientation, um, but what their role and responsibility is. It goes into budgeting, um, goes into this, these types of things, also staffing. Okay. Um, there's quite a few different topics that we cover. Okay, so when, when I was going through interviews for the vacant seats, there was a discussion that was sparked by one of the individuals that was interviewing um, who had the training background to beef up um, the, the current training that was provided. So in your opinion, the um, campaigning aspect, what, which area do you think that would more probably fall in? Is that something that we should be reviewing and including in our, in our um, procedures and handbooks, or do you think that should fall under somewhere else? I think that may be part of the orientation for a council member. Um, social media is not underneath the purview of the commission. Um, as with the complaint that it was dismissed, the complaint that was filed was um, using public resources for personal benefit, um, which falls under the purview of the ethics commission. Okay, thank you. So Commissioner Gomez, did you have something else? Or um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else on this um, this public comments on matters not on the agenda, which basically is this redistricting question, is the one that's here and. Do we need a motion to put that on our next agenda? Mindy? So right now you're under commissioner comments, ideas and questions. If you do want to add another item to your follow-up log, this would be the appropriate time. Okay. Well, actually we, we were on the item after that because I switched them around. The one about um, public comments on matters not on the agenda. We haven't gotten to commission comments yet. But I guess that's where we're going now. Um, Commissioner Ng? Yes. Um, to, to everybody's point, especially like in the campaign and other commissions, remember that uh, we have a lot of discussions on the internal and external uh, what do you call it, a, a training or outreach, internal and external outreach. And that's when, you know, uh, I, I understand there's a city clerk and mentioned something that she's working on it and, um, and doing something or introducing the commission, our commission to other commissions, boards and commissions. So I just want to bring it back and see where we are because it sounds like our work is, is, is getting more and more is, you know, the word is getting out there. We have more speakers, even though it's not as, as, you know, as we would like to, 
to see, but as we have speakers, we have presenters. So how can we uh, move us up another notch, okay, to let the general public know what we are doing? I mean, that's a, that's, you know, I think it's, it's right in the segue of uh, what the speakers are talking about today. Um, and Vice Chair, if I may, um, I believe you're talking to, uh, to, referring to our commissioner handbook that I've shared with you. So we are doing an orientation now, which we do touch on the Ethics Commission. Commissioner Velasquez um, did, a, did a brief orientation with me. And I do have our commissioner handbook. I think I shared a rough draft with you, um, with this commission a few months back. Um, and that's ready to, to review. Um, we have a commissioner portal that we're standing up now. I'm working through some issues with IT, but you should get an email this week um, with a link to that commissioner portal, and there's some resources there, which is a commissioner handbook, um, a guide to meeting facilitation. There's also um, a video that we just completed um, that talks about the boards and commissions program um, overall and shares a little bit about the requirements to serve um, and the commitment. So it's a really fun video. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> Good. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So um, if we're on the commission comments, ideas, and questions, um, an item that I wanted to bring up again that we talked about a little bit, I think, at the last meeting was that when we go back to in-person meetings, um, if there are commissioners who are unable to make it to City Hall for the meeting, whether they can appear remotely, um, as we did have happen once before, several years ago. And um, I believe, Mindy, you said that that could not be done, but I wanted to explore that because it would be nice if we could figure out how that could be done, if it's necessary. So currently, um, there is legislation moving through that could have that happen, but at this time, um, the Brown Act would apply. This is a Brown Act body, and so the commissioners would need to be here at City Hall. Well, my understanding is that you could notice the meeting as taking place at two different locations, both of which are open to the public, like one of them could be Commissioner Gomez's office, as long as it was okay for members of the public to come in there too. That is um, that is correct. The Brown Act does allow remote meetings as long as that remote location um, is noticed, an agenda is posted there, um, it is accessible to the public. Um, but we at this point, we are not offering that to commissions because of staffing, that's just an undue burdensome to be able to post agendas at those remote locations. Um, and we will continue to have Zoom for members of the public. Um, to participate remotely, but it would at this point not be an option for commissioners. Okay. Does anybody else have any other comments, ideas, or questions on any topic? Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, I'm just, I want to clarify the the follow-up. So did we put the, the Commissioner Adams brought up the branding piece. Did, did the discussion and Commissioner Velasquez to resolve that? And that's no longer something that needs to be followed up on given Mindy's um, explanation about the onboarding process, or is that still an item that needs or warrants further discussion and follow-up? I would like, uh, follow-up on that. Okay, so we should put that on the agenda for our next meeting. If not next meeting, it can be later on. I, I do want to, you know, acknowledge that we, we have already given ourselves a lot of, to do between, um, you know, now and our next meeting, so I don't want to overwhelm anyone. I do think it's a matter of importance, but if it's something that is taking place at a later uh, uh, commission meeting, I'm perfectly happy with that. I want to be mindful of everyone's time. But we just don't want to lose it. I mean, if, if things don't get agendized, sometimes they sort of fall off the table. <laughs> Commissioner Ng? Oh, no. 
No. So, uh, okay. Again, thank you. Anything else from anyone else? All right. Um, and no public comments on anything, Mindy? Uh, we already took public comments for matters not on the agenda. Okay. Well, then, I think that concludes today's agenda. So um, I'm going to adjourn the meeting at 6.50 p.m. Thank you.